How to Have Peace in Your Relationships. That's next on Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. Zion, now filled with hands, and in this place got to dwell with man. Sick be healed and the crippled stand singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son. Selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I said let this world know me by your Conflicts with another are not a new problem. We fail to get along, said Dr. Martin Luther King back in the 60s, because we fear each other. And we fear each other because we don't know each other. And we don't know each other because we don't communicate with each other. It was true then and it's true now. And it goes without saying that having peace in our relationships is needed today more than ever. Well, today's Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray will address that very need and more. So let's get started with today's lesson on finding peace in relationships from Colossians chapter 3. Here's Pastor Ed. We're in Colossians chapter 3, working our way through the Bible verse by verse. Colossians 3:15, Paul writes, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. That's just about take care of everybody in the room, hasn't it? <laughs> Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey all things your master according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in sincerity of heart-fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of your inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, give your servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Let's stop there and pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, that it is a light to our path. Give us light. Give us understanding now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Finding peace. Peace in relationships. I was reading this, uh, another pastor this week, and uh, he wrote this like it's a true story. It was a rehearsal for a wedding. Uh, a young lady that had grown up in the church, she knew her and her family really well. But she was having a hard time the night before the wedding, just very nervous, and she couldn't remember where she was supposed to stand or what she was supposed to do. And at the end of it, he took her aside and said, sweetheart, listen, you grew up in this church, you know everything about it. It's real simple. I want you to remember three things. I want you to remember the aisle. Now, you've come down that aisle since you were a little girl. You know exactly what it's like. So first of all, aisle, and then as you step into the aisle, look at the altar. So remember the aisle, and then the altar, and then when you get close, look at him and everything will be okay. Oh, okay, thanks, and she felt better. But the next morning, <laughs> she started into the aisle. She's going, 
oh, what was it? Remember the aisle, the aisle. And she's talking to herself, but she doesn't realize it. So almost out loud, she says, I'll alter him. I'll alter him. I'll alter him. Everybody was cracking up. There may be some truth in there. (laughs) I think I've known a couple of wives who still trying to make that work for them. One expositor has called this the uh, Colossians 3, the section, how to have a full, rich family life. I look at it as really having peace, a lack of anxiety in your life. Anxiety is unhealthy, we know, physically, mentally, and certainly spiritually. So I found some statistics that just kind of put you at peace this morning. Some statistics about accidents and being anxious. Don't ride in an automobile because they cause 20% of all fatal accidents. Don't stay at home because 17% of all accidents happen there. Don't walk because 15% of all accidents happen to pedestrians. Don't travel by air or water or rail because 16% of all accidents result from these activities. There is one thing, however. Only one one one-thousandth of 1% of all accidents happen in church. So you're in a safe place here. You can just relax. Nothing's going to happen. We've been studying through this first century letter from the Apostle Paul to a church in what was western Turkey, Asia Minor in those days. Uh, Colossae is about 80 miles from the coast uh, where Ephesus was. And this was a young church. Paul is writing to them in this particular section about putting on the new man. You leave the old life behind, the old, and he used terms for clothing we looked at last time. You leave behind all the old habit patterns, ways of thinking, worldview, and you put on this new man. In verse 8 he said, but now you yourselves are to put off all these things. These don't look good on you. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language. Jettison those things. Take those clothes off. They're dirty, you can't clean them. But put on the new ones that Jesus has won for you. Verse 12, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. These make you look good. Now, we notice that all these qualities have one thing in common. They're all talking about relationships. This section is about Christians dealing with each other as we read in marriage, in families, in the business community, in the world. And so relationships are the main theme here, how to have peace in relationships around you. This section breaks up into three parts. The first section on the peace, 15 through 17. And then that S word, submit, love, and obey, 18 through 22. But it goes both ways, men and women, husbands and wives. And then whatever you do, do it heartily with your whole heart. So that's where we're going, and certainly not something uh, that's discussed very often, except inside a church today. Let's look at verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, And be thankful. You're called to this body, the body of Christ, this metaphor, this picture of the church. You and I are all together called to get along with believers all over the world. And uh, we've been called by God. Because that is true, Paul says let. Now, let, nand, is an important Greek word. 
It means to grant permission, to allow this to happen. God's peace, it turns out, is always available to every believer. But we must choose to listen to it, to allow it. We must give it permission to rule in our hearts. That's what he's saying. Now, the word rule is another important word, brayoho in the Greek language, and it means to referee. It's actually a sporting term, uh, an umpire, someone who arbitrates in a sporting event. Because baseball season, it's easy to remember, there's an umpire behind the plate. He's calling balls and strikes. Now, it's his job to do that. We have a clear yes and no. It was or it wasn't a good pitch. So the things that we are doing, the things that we are saying, and what we are being about in life, Paul says, let the peace of God umpire in your heart. How's that work out practically? When you have a decision to make, a choice to make, this is a time of year where a lot of uh, high school seniors and, and college uh, students have come and asked for letters of recommendation to get into grad school or into college. And they're struggling with, how do I know God's voice in this? And, and we talk about this first. Let the peace of God rule. Let God help you make the decision. Do you feel good about that school? Uh, how many times have I done things and said, you know, I never felt good about that. Why did I do that? That didn't work out very well. So it, it's something you can overrule rather easily, which is the scary part of it. You have to be quiet before God. You have to listen. You have to be willing to let it arbitrate. Now, the, the simple test is, number one, is that according to God's word. Well, I just want to go to a college. Okay, so, but there's some colleges that are more godly than others. Are you going to be able to, to stand strong in a secular school that's strongly going the other direction? We have a mom came up last night. Her son's in Berkeley. He's struggling. Huh. <laughs> Funny thing. Some of you, uh, at least one of you here in this service are a grad of Berkeley, so I won't say anything too negative, but I would say the atmosphere is not exactly supercharged with Christian theology, and it's going the other way. But is it in God's Word? No, you can't go to Berkeley. No, it doesn't say that. So then you have to go to step two, which is, how do I feel about it? Am I strong enough? Well, I want to go to law school. That's the right place to go. That's his reasoning. And he's doing okay. And uh, so, well, you got to be ready for all these attacks. And we talked about that, all the stuff that was going to come. If you don't have a peace about decision, just wait. Let God arbitrate. Now, God's peace is a gift that God gives to every person. It's the result of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. In Galatians 5.22, it says, It is a fruit, a result of the Holy Spirit in your life and in mine. So it's not a question of do I have God's peace. It's there. It's available. The question is, will I let it arbitrate my decisions, my choices that are in front of me. Avoid a lot of pain, avoid a lot of heartache, and permit God's rule in your heart by peace. Sometimes it takes time, and that's the difficulty I understand. You're listening to Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. He's giving us insights from Colossians chapter 3, on decision-making and the will of God. Pastor Ed continues by illustrating the struggle we can face in learning how to let the peace of God arbitrate our decisions. 
There was an interesting lady who was saved. She was rather famous in the Salvation Army. She was an alcoholic in L.A. in the Mission District many years ago now. And she was called Warrior Brown because she was always warring with people, very belligerent and going to a rage easy when she got drunk and she was drunk most of the time. But she went to a service at the mission there, got radically saved one night. The following week, they asked her to give her testimony, and she did, and it was a very remarkable testimony. But God had taken her from absolutely off alcohol, and she remained that way for the rest of her life. But while she was talking, someone in the crowd who knew her decided, you know, they passed out food, decided to test her, reached down and took a potato and threw it at her, hit her right in the face. And everybody waited for her to go off, expected her to blow up in rage. She just quietly looked at the potato, looked out at the crowd, reached over, picked it up and put it in her pocket and went on with her testimony. Well, she came back. Several months later, she came back and they asked her again to give her testimony and she brought with her a big sack of potatoes and she put it down. And, and, uh, and she said, now, she gave her testimony. She said, you're probably wondering if you were here last time, you know, I got hit with a potato and I had to decide what to do about that. God told me to take it home, cut it up, plant it in the ground and let it be an increase in my life. And so she took that potato, cut it up and, and there's proof of God's peace ruling in our hearts and mind. Are you struggling with anger, control? Let the peace of God umpire your life. A little end section here, and be thankful. And be thankful, easy to pass over. At first blush, it seems like uh, that's a virtue that's very small, not really important, just being thankful. But the truth is being ungrateful will lead to a shabby, miserable, life. That in fact the result of walking away from God is that you will be ungrateful. There will not be a song in your heart. David, King David, experienced that in Psalm 32. He said, when I held back, when I was quiet, when I was out of God's will, then I became dried up like a desert. But then when I confessed my sin, the living water of God came into my life and I began to sing a song again. And he wrote the psalm about it, the song about that. Are you struggling? Are you ungrateful? Are you unthankful for your life? Hmm, do a little check on the memory banks. Ask God to show you what it is, where you stepped off the road. Confess it, be forgiven, be freed, and move on. Verse 16. Another let sentence. Let the Word of Christ, the Word of God, the Bible, Scripture, dwell, take up a, a house in you. Okida, the, the Greek word, means a home. Let the Bible take up residence, be a home in you richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Now, this may sound familiar because Paul said almost the same thing when we were traveling through Ephesians a few times back, Ephesians 5.8. He said, don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, which is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always in all things. So Paul is saying almost the same thing now to this church that's only 80 miles away from Ephesus. So get God's word into you. How do you do that? Well, you have to spend time in it. You can't 
expect a, an hour and a half in church a week to take root in your life. This is second service, you're spiritual giants. I understand pretty basic things, but start each day if you can in the Word. Maybe your job is such that that's not easy to do. Well, do it in the evening. Uh, I know a lot of folks that put on a CD of, the, of Scripture being read and just listen to it because they're stuck on the freeway. But let God's Word take up residence inside you, make you feel at home with it. You know, home is where you put your feet up and everything's fine, you're relaxed, you're at peace, and let it live in you, be at home in you. Let it richly dwell, exceedingly, extravagantly, abundantly live in you. Saturate, this is saying, yourself with Scripture, and it'll saturate your life. It'll change the way you look at things. And the result will be psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing. Singing with the grace in your heart. There's our article there, the grace of God. God's grace is gift to all of us. Scriptural songs. This is describing what happens every time God brings a fresh move in the history of humanity. We need another one right now in our nation and really the whole world. We need a move of God, and out of that will come songs. If you go back all the way even to the first and second century, we don't have the melody lines, but we know the songs that were sung then. Some of them are recorded in the Scripture. Paul talks about it. Uh, you go to the Reformation, there's all these songs written by Martin Luther, John and Charles Wesley, John Newton, Amazing Grace, all those songs that we try and do one here every week just so we are connected to that move of God. We are in the process of, of writing songs because God is still moving and the Spirit is moving here and in the world today. So expect it in your life. I always remind you when I think of this first because Raylan and I, many years ago, we were in an area not very far from here. It's called uh, Gourmet Valley. It's Cappadocia. And it's where these Christians had to flee within 20 years of when Paul wrote this letter, about 60, 61. Within 20 years, the Roman Empire was already persecuting Christians. And so they went into the inner part of what's modern-day Turkey in this valley and in the surrounding area. And uh, they made churches. And we, we found this little church, a small one, probably could get about 25 or 30 people. To, and we went in and we began to sing. And then we found this other section of it's very elaborate in some other sections, but it's primitive art. It's, it's not, you know, really spectacularly done. But it, the thought struck us that this may have been the first time in 1,800 years, 1,900 years that believers were singing in that same place. It's a tie we have with believers all the way back. That's part of what Paul is saying here, that you have a connection as part of the body of Christ that's historic that goes back a couple of thousand years in the New Testament, certainly. And these probably, it would not be a stretch to say some who left Colossae ended up in that very place within 20 years, maybe in that very church. So these people are about ready to face persecution. They're taking their songs with them, verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, that's a pretty sweeping statement, whatever you do, words or deeds, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, let that be the driving focus of your life, giving thanks again, he says, to God the Father through him. This is a pretty comprehensive, all-encompassing thought, a sweeping statement about your life, about my life. That's a norm of conduct, he's saying. Do it all with the kingdom of God in mind. 
And that's the thankful heart. Now the next section, we start with verse 18, my favorite verse. Joke, joke, okay, joke. (laughs) Wives, submit the S word. Oh my goodness. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. We better go on to verse 19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Okay, now we can go back and look at 18. I just didn't want, you know, minds, I could hear them slamming shut. I just went, wait a minute. This is not a subject that's discussed in the world today. Outdated, Victorian thinking, old. But think with me a moment before we head into this verse. How's the world's perception of marriage working? Two years ago, new statistic, for the first time in America, more than half of the marriages, more than 50%, 51% of all marriages in America failed within five years. 50 and a half percent of all children born in these United States are now born to an unwed mother. How's this world's philosophy working? Not so good. So if you're here and you're not a believer and you just want to get up and walk out because I use the submit word, remember who wrote this. Now, Paul's strategy in this letter was to remind us first of who Jesus is. He says he's the creator of all things. All things were created through him and by him. He is the one who holds all the world together. And we talked about the anthropic principles and the cosmological constants that if they were tweaked by 1%, there wouldn't be any life on planet Earth. 900 of them so far. He's the one who sustains this world. He's the one who has the power to make things work. And these are his ideas. So shouldn't we at least listen and consider the possibility that this might be the problem our world is having with marriage and divorce. So, God has an order. This word, submit, hypotasio in the Greek language, means to voluntarily, very important, a voluntary attitude of letting another person go first. It's actually a military term describing the hierarchy in the military. God is saying wives you should voluntarily let your husband lead the family. The husband is the head of the home as Christ is the head of the church. Now, I want you to know that I have maybe a slightly different view of this because I have this brilliant wife and two brilliant daughters. Now, they're grown and out of the home now, the daughters, but I I had to lead them spiritually. The truth is I wanted them to lead. They're better at it. They love Jesus. They hear his voice better than I do, even to this day. God, why do you have this plan for that very reason? Because us guys, we'd gladly sit back and let you lead, ladies. We'd love for you to lead, right? And if you're smart, you won't let us do that. I mean, you won't let us have our way. You'll force us to do what Paul is saying here. Because then we actually lead them. Wait, wait, stop eating. We forgot to pray again. Yes, it happens in the pastor's house too. It's not the unpardonable sin. Just stop and pray with the food in your mouth. It's all right. It's okay. All right? Honor your husband's position and help the Holy Spirit out. Maybe it's better to say it that way. Do it God's way. Help your husband step out. Why? It's fitting in the Lord. What? It's God's idea. It's his plan. Thanks for being with us for Grow in Grace. We're studying Colossians here on the weekends with Pastor Ed Ray. To hear this program again, go online to thepackinghouse.org. 
We archive our programs there for you so you can listen anytime you'd like. Or call and ask for a CD copy at 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. At Grow in Grace, we're committed to bringing the truths of God's Word to the radio every day. But we can't do it alone. We look to our Lord and our listeners to help us provide these studies. And today, when you give a donation of any amount, we'll send you A Tale of Three Kings by Gene Edwards. We've all been hurt by the words or actions of another, but when it comes from another Christian, that can be really hard to handle. A Tale of Three Kings will lead you to God's hope and healing for times like these. I know you'll be comforted as you read A Tale of Three Kings and again, it's our way of saying thank you for your gift of any amount to grow in grace. You can reach us at 844-77-GRACE. Our prayer is that you'll grow in grace as you study along with us. And if that's happening in your life, please do write us, as that would be very uplifting. And if you have a question related to our study or prayer request, by all means, send those our way. Our email address is packinghouseradio at aol.com. That's packinghouseradio at aol.com. And then join us for the next Grow in Grace as our study of Colossians develops with Pastor Ed Ray. God bless. Zion, now filled with hands, and in this place gotta dwell with man. Sick be healed and the crippled stand singing Son, selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I said, Let this world know me by your.